0: wellness realness with christina rice i'm your host christina I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer. The information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. Today we are going to have a nice little chat and update episode for you. I can't tell you how nice it is to just sit back and hang out and update you guys on on life and specifically the carnivore diet because I have been on a carnivore-ish diet for almost five months and it's helped me a lot and I want to dive more into it and I've been getting so many questions related to my diet and You know I love to experiment with nutrition. I've tried so many different nutritional protocols, crazy things. I I love experimenting on my body, and I love hearing about other people's experiments. So I feel like this kind of thing is interesting, whether or not you actually might want to try the carnivore diet yourself. So I'm going to give you a little update on all things carnivore-ish diet in my life and answer a bunch of the questions that you guys sent carnivore. So just gonna gonna do a nice little update for you. But before we get into all of that, I do wanna give you an update. So you guys know I have been working on this website relaunch for so long and it is finally almost here. It's gonna be launched sometime, hopefully this month or very early March, just depending on if my web developer has a child, um, which might (laughs) push things off. But I'm so excited and there's gonna be so many amazing changes and I'm really building up this membership section of my website. I've gotten such amazing feedback about it already as is. People love it, they love the information. They're learning so much. I put protocols up there and I just wanted to take that and expand it. So moving forward, that membership is gonna look like live video calls with me. If you have that membership, it's going to look like access to courses about health and wellness that will continue to grow. It's going to have different guides to download and obviously all of the exclusive blog posts, the protocols, the recipes, the workouts. It's going to be amazing. So much content and a really awesome community. And I'm really excited about the live call part of that because ever since ending the group. Paleo Women Lifestyle Program. I mean, I miss hopping on live calls and answering all the questions. So that's a great opportunity for you to do that at a really low price. But I do want to let you know that with all of these changes and all the content you're going to be getting, the price of my membership is going to increase slightly, not anything crazy. The point of this is still to keep really low cost so you can get a ton of information without working with a practitioner one-on-one, which can be really expensive at times, but the price will increase a little bit. And I'm letting you know this because anybody who's already signed up for my membership will just get grandfathered into their current price. So if you think you're going to join and you want that lower price, then I would sign up this month so that you continue to get that low price when... I change the website and add in all of these new features and it's February 2020 as I'm saying this in case someone is listening to this later. So I just wanted to give you that opportunity and I'm just really excited about this relaunch and I've been telling people about it and you guys are pumped about it too, which makes me even more excited. So I cannot wait and obviously I will keep you updated when that happens. So that's the personal update about website things. Let's move into today's topic, which is all about the carnivore diet, my carnivore-ish diet. And I say carnivore-ish because I eat mostly carnivore, but I'm not 100% carnivore. But I feel like it is the easiest way to convey to people the way I eat, mainly animal-based. But I throw in a few things here and there that make me feel good. And one of those things that I throw in that's not Traditionally, part of a carnivore is still carnivore, technically, are my beekeepers naturals products. They, I mean, when I started using these, they improved my health immediately. I noticed the benefits and I can't go without them. And I tried removing them and then adding them back in and I just felt better when I added them back in anyways. And technically, bee products are carnivore. They're made from animals. Just most carnivore people don't include them. I don't know why, because the Beekeepers Naturals products are so amazing. I use the Propolis Throat Spray at least twice a day. If I feel like I'm gonna get sick, then, or i have a sore throat or something, I'll use it more than that. But I do 10 to 15 sprays in the morning and in the afternoon. And first of all, I think it tastes amazing, but this is so, so incredible for supporting your immune system and fighting against germs and stressors. And the propolis contains over 300 beneficial vitamins, minerals, and compounds, and is great if you are under a lot of stress. If you are in an environment where you are exposed to a lot of germs, if you're traveling, if you just want to support your immune system. Shout out to all my friends who also have autoimmune diseases. I think everybody in this world could use immune support, so that's why I love the Propolis Throat Spray. And then I also, every morning, take teaspoon of the bee-powered hive superfood complex and this contains their propolis as well as their royal jelly, the bee pollen, and their signature raw enzymatic honey. Obviously it tastes delicious but you're getting the benefits of all of those hive superfoods and it's in a medicinal dose so you just need a little bit. And then I will take their bee brain fuel on days when I feel like I need a little extra brain fuel. Quite literally, it's a nootropic formula without any caffeine that helps to enhance your memory and your cognition. So it's a great afternoon pick-me-up. You just take it with a meal because it's fat soluble. And then their Be Chill Hemp Honey. I have some of this pretty much every night and it's their honey mixed with a high potency hemp oil and MCT emulsion. So that's really going to maximize the bioavailability and the absorption of the hemp and just chills you out, tastes delicious, and you are getting the benefits of honey before sleep, which can be great for promoting deep sleep because you are replenishing your glycogen store so you don't wake up in the middle of the night searching for fuel. It's a super easy, super easy hack, and I'll get more into my thoughts on carbs on the carnivore diet later, but I highly recommend these products. They make me feel great, and obviously, you can also get their raw, enzymatic, delicious honey. Once you have high quality honey, you just can't go back. So if you want to try out Beekeepers Naturals products, go ahead and hop on over to beekeepersnaturals.com slash CRW and my code CRW will get you 15% off. Again, that's beekeepersnaturals.com dot com slash CRW and my code CRW will get you 15% off and all that information is in the show notes. These products are one of, one of the ways that I have kind of adjusted the carnivore diet to become what m- my ideal diet is for my body right now, which is really exciting. I think I'm at a time right now where I just really feel like I know what my body needs and I'm I mean, if that changes, it changes and I'll adjust from there. But there have been so many years where I felt like, you know, I was doing the healing diet and I was taking this out, adding this in, taking that out and just doing it, believing, having faith that it, it would help, but kind of still having this subconscious thought, like, I don't know if this is the right thing or not, because I kind of react to everything. <laughs> At this point, there have definitely been different periods of having that feeling. And so it's really nice to been having this stable feeling for a few months now of like this is what my body needs and it feels good and I feel like I'm more tapped into my my hunger signals and just my body's needs now more than I have been in a long, long time. But let me rewind for a second and talk about kind of how I got here. So if you are new to this podcast, I encourage you to go back and listen to my previous podcast episode on the carnivore diet where I talked a little bit about it and my first experience trying it and my thoughts around it. And I also have a few blog posts about the carnivore diet. And so I tried it about a year ago and I did it for about two weeks. And at first I felt great. And then I felt awful. I felt super toxic. That's the only way I can describe it. My brain felt toxic. My body felt just bogged down and I was just craving like cauliflower and chocolate and all the, all the things. So I stopped at which point I realized that my CBS mutation was acting up. I needed to do a protocol for that. My body in that state couldn't handle that much animal protein, which, I mean, I've always been somebody who does really well on a lot of animal protein, but uh, just things were happening. My body was was not having it. So after that, I was on a low sulfur diet for a while, which helped me a lot. And in the last year, I experimented with a lot of different things. I did the brain re- got got rid of a lot of my food intolerances, I would say, especially with carbohydrates. It wasn't that I couldn't tolerate them anymore. It was, you know, that was the, wasn't the was the issue. So I, I did a potato diet and I went through a period where um, I was eating pretty high carb and I was working with a trainer and tracking macros, which is a very interesting experience for me. I'd never done that before and I learned so much about my body and I was eating the highest carb I had ever been eating besides potato diet for two weeks and uh, pretty high protein and low fat. And I had never, what I consider to be low fat and I never tried anything like that before. So it was really interesting to see how my body responded. And I really think that adding in those carbs for me was very important to reset my satiety signals, reset my leptin and get my period back. And I've talked about this before, you know, I had a for four years and I really think that the carbs played a big role in that as well as a lot of energetic things and addressing underlying issues. I have a whole podcast on how I overcame amenorrhea, so you can definitely check that out if you're curious about that whole story. But fast forward, some things happened. I started getting just really sick again and kind of theme of my life over the last few years which I mean looking back now I know why it happened I understand it but that's for another podcast but so maybe like six or seven months ago I was very sick again and working with a few different functional doctors and um, started treatment for Lyme and mold illness and I had to change my life in a lot of ways with that really slow down really uh, changed business a bit changed my mindset even more and I leaned really into my spirituality and did a lot a lot of energetic healing to help with this as well as went hard with this protocol and there was a lot of die-off and you know I was struggling I was having a really hard time and I started ozone therapy which I really think helped me but also it felt like it would suck the life out of me and then bring me back to life and then you know I would have the life sucked out of me again and then I had to get another treatment and it was just really taxing on my body my body was exhausted and at this point I didn't really I didn't know that I had mold in my apartment so anyways my histamine intolerance flares up my doctor's like you have mast cell activation syndrome you need to avoid the histamines you need to go on a low histamine diet and you also need to go on a ketogenic diet and see this is why I whenever whenever I have had a health issue I go through Phases of I really want to work with somebody because I just need someone else to tell me what to do so I don't have to think about this and overthink about it. And then I go through phases where I'm like, let me just do this myself because I I know my body better than you. And you know it's this it's this dance. But this doctor was somebody who I just really trusted, and we were very much on the same wavelength. And I knew she was going to say this, and it was it was exactly what I w- felt like I needed to do anyways but I wanted to hear it from her and she specializes in mold and in lime, and you know she was the one who's giving me ozone and so I'm like okay I can do it and I I just felt that it was very necessary for me because I know that whenever I'm in a mode where I need to heal ketosis has really helped me ketones have been very therapeutic for me and my body just needed to calm down the inflammation was out of control and I was just reacting to everything so she had also recommended I do a three-day fast. So that's what I did. I did a three-day fast. And by the end of the third day, my inflammation started to go down. And from there, I was supposed to move into a low histamine ketogenic diet. And I started it, but I just felt so stressed out. And I was frustrated. And that's not how protocol should be. That's not how eating should be. And so I talked to her about this. And she, she said, well, maybe it's just time to go carnivore. And I was like, you know, I'm totally open to it. And that's what I've been thinking too. I just had this experience last year and I feel like it didn't work. And she, we, we talked more about it and she just strongly recommended I go at least 30 days and push through that that period if it happens again. So I said, okay. So I went and I did a 30 day strict carnivore diet. And what that looked like was beef and salt, and animal fats, and I also included ghee. I was just craving fat, so I included ghee, and then by the, after 30 days, I still stuck with that, but I was adding in raw butter. Um, I had some sheep's milk yogurt, and I, I stuck pretty strictly to that for about a month and a half, I would say, and then from there, I started adding in different things to see what was working for me and what wasn't and before I get into that I want to tell you about that first month because I haven't really gone in depth about this and I think it's important to share to hear about people's experiences on the carnivore diet and I, I mean I don't want to freak anyone out and I just want to you know preface as always what happens to me might not happen to you and also i'm not saying everybody should go on the carnivore diet which we can get into later i'm just sharing my personal experience anyway so that first month i had the worst die off the worst adaptation period and mind you i was going into this already ketogenic coming off of a fast but i had so many toxins in my system and my body was just so messed up from The lime, the mold, the previous parasites, the the sibo beforehand. I had just finished a sibo protocol, so I put myself on a very strong sibo protocol um, because my sibo has come and gone, and I was like, you know what? I'm so done with these other protocols that are not heavy hitters, and so I I went for it, and I mean that protocol worked. I had bad die off, um, and then afterwards I felt like a hundred times better. So that protocol definitely worked, (laughs) but I was still having the other symptoms because there. other issues going on, hence mold, lime, whatever else. So, my point is, my body just—my body has been through a lot and was in need of a lot of healing. And my gut has been through the ringer. You know, I've had really bad autoimmune symptoms and so many different bacterial overgrowths, fungal overgrowths over the years. My my poor gut. So I've had a history. You know. And it took years to get to the root of that with mold and the in the lime and the way my brain was wired and all the things. So let me be clear on the sequence of events. I did the SIBA protocol and then was starting the mold lime protocol and started the ozone and then was reacting to the histamines and it was just mast cell activation syndrome. And this is when my doctor and I agreed that carnivore would probably be best because ketogenic low histamine AIP was just too stressful. But that first month of going from the three-day water fast to a ketogenic diet, ketogenic low histamine AIP diet, just to carnivore, when I went carnivore at first I felt great and it was a very strange month because what would happen was first of all I was having you know what if you don't like too, if you don't like too much information you shouldn't listen to this because I'm going to discuss my bowel movements but I was having crazy diarrhea every day and it wasn't even regular diarrhea. It was basically just green liquid as if I was just eliminating bile and it was extremely painful. Like I could not walk <laughs> for a good amount of time. I didn't want to leave my house and then I would get feverish symptoms. It was almost like low carb flu, which is weird because I was already in ketosis, but What would happen is during the week, the flu-like symptoms would go away. And then on the weekends, from like Friday through Monday, every week, like clockwork, I would get so sick. I'd be so nauseous. I would have a really bad fever and all night, I mean, I could barely sleep because I was nauseous, having diarrhea, and alternating between a fever and getting the chills. And I could barely stand up. I was so weak and achy. You know, when you have the flu and you just can't stand up because your body is so tired and achy. My legs were like lead and I I was just, I, I was like, is this normal? Is this, is this what this adaptation period is? And the first weekend when it happened, I thought, okay, this is just my body getting ready, my body adapting. I can handle a week of this. I've been through low carb flu a few times. No, this was not normal. I don't know what this was, but this lasted the full month, actually maybe a little bit more than the full month. But then after that, I mean, that was an awful month. I couldn't do anything. It was, it was hard. And God bless my friends who (laughs) were very understanding. And this whole time I was toying with my macros and my salt intake, my electrolytes, supplements. I was doing all the things. And I know a lot about the carnivore diet and how to tinker with it depending on your goals, but it was just truly my body's adaptation period. And especially for people who might have some gut health issues or just a lot of toxicity still built up, carnivore, I don't know. I don't know the mechanisms. I don't understand the mechanisms, how it heals so much or how why it forces the body to To heal, but it's like as soon as I got rid of all the potential plant toxins, all the triggers, my body was finally just clearing out. And part of me was thinking, why am I sticking through this? You know, whenever you have a quote healing reaction, you kind of wonder, okay, is this a sign for my body that this is not a good idea? Or is it a healing reaction? It can be confusing, but I knew it was a healing reaction. Otherwise, I for sure would not have stuck with it. And part of that was just intuitive. And I was getting downloads that, no, stick with it. This is going to heal you. This is going to help you. Also, just to have that strong of an adaptation period and reaction, like something was dying off, something clearly needed to go. And after that adaptation period, which was rough, I mean, over a month of feeling like you have the flu and pooping out, green liquid that is painful. (laughs) Is this my life where I, I say this publicly? Yeah, it is. After that, I felt so much better. Monumentally better. It was like night and day. I hadn't felt that much better in so, so long. And I felt like My hunger signals were back on track. I felt nourished. I was just craving meat. I knew it it felt good. My bloating was totally gone. My bowel movements became totally regular. And my bowel movements had been regular before I started Carnivore. But after that whole adaptation, they were just even better and more normal. But the most important changes... I noticed where my inflammation went down immensely and that was something that I had been dealing with for quite some time. My inflammation was just getting worse and worse and my joints were hurting. My legs and ankles would be swollen all the time. My fingers would be swollen all the time. I was just really inflamed and it was very noticeable and hard to move my body sometimes. And with that came fatigue and just my brain feeling like it wasn't functioning very well and a lot lower energy. And after that adaptation period, I had lost so much inflammation and I just felt so much better. My joints weren't hurting anymore. I had more energy. My brain felt like it was turned on again. And that is huge for me. That's probably the biggest. The most frustrating symptom for me is when my brain feels like it's not functioning the way I want it to function. Because, you know me, I like to think and work and write and be creative. And it's really sad and frustrating when you feel like you can't do that. And with the inflammation, everything I have tried before this, my inflammation wasn't, wasn't going away. The only time it started to go down was on the third day of my three-day fast. That's when it started to go down. But anything else I tried, being low histamine, being ketogenic, AIP, being high carb, I went the other direction. I tried raw vegan for a bit. Like my inflammation was just getting worse and worse. It felt like no matter what I did. And it wasn't until after that month of carnivore adaptation, well, actually, my inflammation started to go down sooner than that month was over. But it it, w- it felt like I went through this month of adaptation, and then I just felt like me again, which made that adaptation period so worth it, and I'm so glad I stuck with it. And I had gone off basically all of my supplements except for a couple basic ones, like my vitamin D, K2, and my uh, uh, probiotic, and I think maybe one or two other basic things, but during that adaptation period and I was strict carnivore and then you know after that I started adding in dairy and I was just shocked to find that I wasn't having any reactions to it and in fact I was craving it I was really craving it so I ate it and I started with ghee which I've always been okay with and then I tried raw butter organic raw butter and great with that I like that actually a lot more than ghee and then I was doing some sheep's milk yogurt because I was just craving yogurt so I added some of that in and that's something that I've had before without reaction and I like the taste so I was doing that and then I just tried regular old butter and nothing happened and in the past I always have a huge digestive reaction to any type of dairy and I also will break out in a bunch of cystic acne the next day and none of that was immediately happening and you know I can't speak to if anything was happening on an internal level I can't see inside my body but I felt good and I mean it was definitely an improvement that nothing was immediately happening so I stuck with it and I felt really good and I honestly didn't want to veer off of that, but then the holidays came and it was Thanksgiving and Christmas and I thought, okay, I've done a good amount of healing. Ideally I would have stayed strict carnivore for longer than that to give my body even more of a reset before adding other things in. But I didn't want to stress myself out. And so I thought I'm just gonna stick to carnivore as much as I can and then eat some other things. And intuitively I just have felt like what's giving me issues are the the plant kingdom. So I would kind of just avoid those as much as I could. And things were going okay. But with the holidays, it also turned into, you know, eating a lot of sugar and like way too much chocolate. And that alone just didn't make me feel my best. But that's mostly how I ate over the holidays was kind of just avoiding green... Avoiding vegetables, I was having. I would have some fruit in small amounts, and then I was having plenty of gluten-free desserts and eating meat, fish. I had vegetables here and there, but I think only a few times. And then when we went to Hawaii, I was having all the acai bowls and protein, and that's kind of how I was how I was eating. It was pretty much just not having too many vegetables. And going back to the dairy, we had made all these pies for for Thanksgiving, and there was regular butter and heavy whipping cream in most of them, and I was literally eating I for every single day for like two weeks, I'm not exaggerating, and nothing like two weeks, after a week and a half, I started to not feel so great. I think because of all the sugar, because there was just a lot of sugar in those, but I didn't have any dairy reactions. And I thought, wow, this is insane. And again, I, I mean, I just don't think that conventional dairy is good for anyone's hormones long-term, but I was just having it for like a week and a half. Nothing happened to me. And that just goes to show how much I mean something healed, something healed internally. So I don't eat conventional dairy on the daily, but I do consume raw raw dairy and ghee um, pretty often. and it's just interesting to know that. And then what was also interesting was when we were in Hawaii, I got glutened and right after my stomach hurt for maybe 20 minutes and then it went away, nothing else happened. And that was crazy. That was crazy to me. Obviously, I am not going to go out of my way to consume gluten because of my autoimmune diseases. And I just don't believe gluten is healthy for humans to consume. But you can read my whole blog post about that. But it was very interesting to me that I didn't have the normal insane reactions I usually have to gluten where, I mean, anything can happen. Sometimes I just throw up everywhere sometimes I'm just a digestive nightmare for weeks on end I have had times where my vision goes away Uh, I just have severe digestive pain I will break out in a rash all over my body like anything can happen and I usually always have my stomach hurt for a shorter period of time and then that was it I took some charcoal later but I I don't know that was a significant change and then after the holidays, I thought, okay, I need to get back to feeling my best. So I came back and I went back to strict carnivore to reset myself. And since then have been eating this carnivore-ish diet, which I want what that looks like. You know, there are a lot of people in the carnivore space who are just so strict and serious and, you know, whatever they can do what they want to do. And I think everybody should just get what's working for me right now which i i very much just feel like for my body right now it's the it's the plant kingdom that seems to be giving me issues so i wanted to explain a little bit about i eat meat based so when i'm cooking for myself and i'm eating by myself i my meals are meat my meals are animal products i eat a lot of ground beef ribeye chuck roast i have some salmon sometimes i like to throw in some Smoked salmon for a treat every once in a while. I'll have lamb sometimes. I really just will throw in any any cut of meat. I don't often have poultry, but sometimes I do. But I don't often have poultry. I like to stick to red meat and a lot of beef. And I will have eggs if I'm out. I've had them a handful of times, but I just don't usually cook eggs for myself. They don't make my stomach feel the best. I don't know. So I don't have eggs that often, although I should probably try just having the yolk. I'm just too lazy. So a lot of ground beef and then I eat a lot of raw beef suet, which is the hard fat around the loins and kidneys of the animal. So the reason why I started including this was when I was exploring the idea of do rendered fats give me digestive issues, which is a big topic in the carnivore community. And a lot of people who still have digestive issues with the carnivore diet might be sensitive to the rendered fats. So they will go for fats like egg yolks or the beef suet. So that's why I got beef suet. So I'll incorporate that. I'll have raw butter when I want it. But I mean, those are mainly the animal products that I that I have. Oh, I really like pork rinds. That's like the processed food I have. Sometimes I have goat's milk or I've had raw milk a couple of times. Those are basically the animal products I have. Any animal product goes. And that's what I'm eating 95% of the time. But I eat other things too when I crave them. And this is about 5% of the time, but it still happens. And I mean, I'm fine with it. I've been figuring out what's working for me, what isn't, and I've kind of learned that I just feel my best if I'm mostly if I'm mostly animal based, mostly carnivore, and then if here and there, if I get a really strong craving, I just I just eat that thing, and I feel fine. And also for ease of eating out with friends and being social, I if if I can have a carnivore meal, if there's an opportunity, which it's actually really easy to eat carnivore unless you're at a vegan restaurant. I've been able to eat carnivore basically everywhere I'm at. I mean, most places have animal products there, but if it's absolutely impossible for me to get all meat, then I'll just eat something that's not all meat. It's not a big deal to me. I'm just focusing on what makes me feel my best most of the time. But there are foods that I I incorporate that have worked for me. So what what do those include? First of all, like I was talking about before, the Beekeepers Naturals products because they are technically carnivore, but also just because they make me feel good and I definitely notice an improvement when I am consuming them. So those are technically carnivore, but I think a lot of people don't think of them as being on the traditional carnivore diet. But I don't do a traditional carnivore diet. I do a Christina ish, carnivore-ish diet. Additionally, I consume not animal foods for my morning beverage. I am a big fan of a morning beverage, and I will have a four sigmatic elixir. I have teas. I have matcha. I have coffee. I will have any of those. I don't notice any reactions from those. This was another thing that changed after I had been carnival for about a month, is my body tolerates coffee a lot better than it ever has before. I used to get an upset stomach from coffee, and I don't anymore. So that's been a nice change. I don't have coffee every day, but I have a matcha, a coffee, or a four somatic elixir. And then during the day, I often have tea, I like putting apple cider vinegar in my water or maybe some lemon juice. So I have those things and I also will have coconut milk, a little bit of coconut milk in my matcha to make it a latte or something like that or sometimes in my coffee or sometimes I will do some goat milk or something like that. So those are outside of the the carnivore norm. That's what I have daily that's outside of the carnivore norm as well as I consume algae, chlorella and spirulina. The chlorella I feel like has helped me so much with my detoxification, post mold. It has been really great for my body and I've been feeling good since adding it back in and algae actually is its own kingdom. So chlorella and spirulina are a separate kingdom. So they're technically not part of the plant kingdom and they're not part of the animal kingdom, but they work really well for my body. So I consume chlorella and or spirulina every day, mostly. And I also often have my sugar-free apple pie gummies from my website, my gut healing gummies, which are basically apple cider vinegar, cinnamon, and gelatin, I make gelatin gummies. So I either do that or I do it without the cinnamon. But I make gelatin gummies and gelatin technically is carnivore, but the apple cider vinegar is not. And any spices I have. So I don't, I've never really been somebody who, when I'm cooking for myself, I add herbs and spices. I always use plenty of salt, but if I'm out, I don't worry about herbs or spices or, you know, if I want to put some cinnamon or vanilla powder in, in my coffee or something, I go for it. It doesn't affect me. And then what else do I have outside of the carnivore diet? So sometimes I just, I get this craving for paleo bread. I get this bread from Julian Bakery and it's literally coconut flour, apple cider vinegar, eggs, and like baking soda or something like that. It's very simple and that bread has always done great with my stomach. I discovered it in college and it's the only paleo gluten-free bread that sits really well with me and actually just soothes my stomach. So even when I go through periods where if I get really nauseous, For example, when I have been on different gut healing protocols in the past, there are times when I just feel sick to my stomach with any food. But for some reason, that bread always calms it down. And I've always done really well with it. And so sometimes there will be just random days when I just – I get a craving for it. It's like I need something with that texture. So I will have some of that bread. And sometimes I have some coconut butter or coconut oil. I do fine with those fats. I do really well with coconut products. And every so often I will have some 100% cacao, which I am fine with in small amounts, but not daily. If I have it daily, I do not feel good, but I can have it in small amounts. I also do pretty well with certain bars, which is not something I have regularly, but Bulletproof bars, for example, or even Lara bars, I do pretty well with those. I can't have too many or too often, but if I am in a pinch or if I'm getting a certain kind of craving, then I can have one of those and they seem to be fine for me, which is bizarre because Bulletproof bars used to just mess with my stomach. I'm not really sure the logic behind this, but I think sometimes almost the processed paleo food seems to go down. Better digestively than a vegetable, sometimes at this point. I'm experimenting with all this. This has been paradigm shifting for me. Paradigm shifting for me, but a really interesting experiment. And I am, you know, looking into all the science behind this and figuring this out and how I can transfer this information to something that will be helpful for other people. But back to the diet those are the things that I'm consuming outside of animal products. But the only items in that category that I have every day would be whatever the morning drink, elixir, latte situation is. And then the algae, so usually Chlorella. My Beekeepers Naturals products I use, but that's not very much. It's like a teaspoon of those, because I use them as a supplement essentially. And I would say most days I have one of my gummies to get some extra gelatin in. And then the other things are just once in a while. You know, once in a while, if I get a craving for coconut butter, I'll have some. Or a craving for the paleo bread, I'll have it. But one thing that I have noticed is, you know, I struggled for a long time with this crazy appetite. I mean, I still have a huge appetite, but... I was just ravenously hungry and adding in carbohydrates really helped me. And now I've kind of figured out how I how to hack that. I was a little nervous I was going to come back when I went carnivore because high carb definitely satiated me, but it didn't but I noticed there was a change around my periods and right around my period every month, about three days before, I just start to get this intense craving for carbohydrates. And I've learned to just, I mean, the second I'm craving it, I know what I'm craving. I'm usually craving berries or like a starch such as kabocha squash or some other other winter squash or a sweet potato. And I will have that starch usually like a dinner before I go to bed I'll have a serving of the the berries or the starch and put some honey on it and it's like I just need a carb up and I'll do that for a few nights like usually about three nights around right before my period slash while I'm on it. Sometimes around this time I have the chocolate craving too so I'll just have some 100% dark chocolate and then usually once I start my menstrual cycle it just it goes away. It's like, okay, I'm craving meat again. My body just needed that hit of carbs. So I give it that hit of carbs and then I go back to craving meat again. So I've kind of been cycling in carbs like that right around my period just for a couple of days before, before I go to sleep. I have a serving of that and that has been working really well for me and I think is very helpful for me because that first month I tried to just avoid that craving and I think it just messed with my hunger signals, but my body really needs that hit of carbs to keep my my leptin signaling functioning properly. So this is how I've adjusted the carnivore diet to work for me. And it's carnivore-ish. It is largely meat-based. I think if most people watched me every day, they probably wouldn't realize the 5%. I just throw that out there that is not carnivore, but I think for me, I've noticed the main problem as of right now is consuming the vegetables for me currently, and fats tend to go well with me, meat obviously is easily digested, and a few of these other things, and I think it's interesting that the algae kingdom and the fungi kingdom work well for me, the plant kingdom is more problematic. (laughs) But there is plenty of science, actually, that would suggest, I mean, what an optimal human diet, a lot of people argue, is animal-based with the addition of berries and tubers and vegetables. I mean, in terms of evolution, why would people go eat leaves? You know, you would eat meat when you had it. And if you if you saw berries, you would eat berries. And then there are periods of time when we would be eating a lot of tubers. And I've seen a lot of people make really strong anthropological arguments that many of our ancestors would have been eating mostly meat-based, animal-based in the winter and in the summer eating berries and tubers and cycling seasonally like that. But, I mean, vegetables like cauliflower and broccoli are newer inventions. Our ancestors didn't have to deal with those or break them down digestively. And think about it. Do you think you would just go collect leaves? I mean, I probably wouldn't, but you know, we live in a different world now, so we don't necessarily have to eat exactly as our ancestors did. But I think for people who have chronic health issues and very sensitive bodies like myself, this is something that might be helpful. And I don't know how long I'm going to eat this way. I don't see myself stopping anytime soon, unless my body suddenly changes sometime soon, in which case I'll adjust. And if you know me, you know I'm not afraid to change my diet in any single direction. That's why I don't align myself with one diet necessarily. And I like to try everything out and see the pros and cons and everything. But for me, this is what's been helping me heal and I see so many people who have serious autoimmune conditions and just serious health issues really finding a lot of healing with this diet when done properly. So I just like to share my experience in case it helps someone else. I also forgot to mention I have sparkling water and I make carnivore soda, which is something created by Ashley and Sarah Armstrong. They're both carnivore and basically it's sparkling water with glycine in it to balance out your methionine to glycine ratios. But I still can consider that carnivore. But I also wanted to touch on meal timing because my meal timing has changed. I've never been somebody who has done intermittent fasting, but I have been since doing carnivore. And I think that this is part of why I felt better this time around than I did last year when I tried this out and why I've stuck with it because I last time was doing three meals a day and for a lot of people they do need to do three meals a day but I have found that what works a lot better for my digestive system is doing two really big meals a day and I do get calories in in the morning but it's in liquid form so that's why I have my latte I put a good amount of fat in there, I put coconut milk in there I put collagen in there So I'm getting at least some calories and I'm just not hungry until closer to lunch. And I have a huge lunch and a huge dinner. And then that's what I've been doing. And I think before it was just like a meat overload, a digestive overload for me. And I'm just somebody who does a lot better with huge meals that are spaced far apart. I'm not really someone who does that well with constant meals. So... That has been working really well for me as of right now. There are some days when I wake up and I'm hungry, so I just eat. So some days maybe I'll have another meal, like I'll have three meals, or maybe I'll have a really big breakfast, and then have an early dinner. I really just follow my hunger signals, which is part of why I love carnivore so much, because it's been very freeing in the sense of I truly just eat to satiety and follow my hunger signals. And that means when I sit down, I often eat a ton of food. And, you know, maybe I eat everything on my plate. Maybe I get seconds or thirds. Maybe I eat half of what's on my plate. I just follow my hunger signals. And if I'm hungry, I, I eat. If I'm not, I wait until I'm hungry. And that's been freeing too. In the sense of, because I'm eating such big meals and I don't have to eat as often. I have more time in the day. I have, I can have slower mornings. And also carnivore is great because I don't have to think about what I'm eating all the time. I just know I'm going to eat animal products. It makes grocery shopping so, so easy. I save money on groceries eating this way because I'm not eating any filler foods. I personally do buy the best quality I can find, organic, 100% grass-fed. I uh, buy most things at the farmer's market or online. I always get what's on sale or cheaper, and I get all the deals I can, and it has actually ended up being cheaper for me in the long run. I spent a lot of money on vegetables, (laughs) let me tell you that. But it's just nice. I don't have to think about food. I feel like I have more time to work. I have better focus. And I'm really liking it right now. And it has really, really helped my health. And whenever there are a few days or a weekend where maybe I'm eating out more than often or I'm eating more off carnivore than I typically do, such as, I mean, like a week and a half ago, there were a couple events. And I my meals were still animal base but it has some vegetables around it and I I think there were like four events I went to where that happened and I definitely didn't feel so great so I just hopped back on to my my meat and I started feeling a lot better I think my body's just sensitive to all those all those lectins and in the vegetables a lot of plant toxins and i have very sensitive body and i want to answer some of these questions from you guys before i wrap up but before i do that i just want to make a comment on something that was in the media if you didn't see the, the show the doctor's tv i had never even heard of this before but my friends sarah and ashley Armstrong from Strong Sisters. They will be on the podcast soon. I recorded with them. So they'll be on the show soon. They were on the Doctors TV along with Dr. Paul Saladino, who's been on this podcast and he is a big advocate for the carnivore diet. And he posted the whole episode on his YouTube channel and then they took it down because of copyright. And I really wish it was back up so people could see it. But it was absolutely ridiculous. And you should watch the clips of it if you can, if you search if you search doctors, TV carnivore clips will come up and it was just completely out of control. And they were asking all of these questions. They're asking these questions to Sarah and Ashley that were just ridiculous saying, Oh, don't you eat mostly raw meat? Trying to make them seem all weird. And they, they were like, no, we don't, we eat mostly cooked actually, but, and then calling out their history with eating disorders and, almost insinuating that they were lying about their autoimmune diseases. It was just completely ridiculous. And then this whole show, they have this whole room of people. They have this, I don't know, I don't know if she's a nutritionist or what she was, in a white lab coat sitting next to Dr. Paul Saladino trying to make such a statement. And this whole group of people just yelling at him. And this judge who was screaming at him, asking him questions and then not letting him respond. And I mean... It was a nightmare and honestly so embarrassing for the people running this television show. And they were saying things to him and he's responding and it didn't even matter what came out of his mouth. They were all ganging up against him and had the audience framed a certain way, had all of the responses framed a certain way. They would say, show me the study that X, Y, and Z. And he goes, okay, I'll show you the study. And everybody in the audience is clapping like they won the argument. And I'm just like, is your argument so weak that you can't respond to someone's response. Anytime you have to scream at someone as they were, or yell over them to prove your point, you know, you don't have a good point. I mean, it was a disaster. And I could go off about this show. But I have, I honestly have never laughed so hard in my life. I was watching this clip of the judge yelling at Paul like, probably 20 times because she was out of control she was literally out of control (laughs) oh my god and you're like you think we're crazy for eating meat what I think is so ironic about this is everybody's all like freaking out about people just eating meat and I'm like how is this literally we're vegetables like this is from people who already eat meat and a lot of the people on the show were like, you know, we're not plant based vegan, although they did have Joel Kahn on there, of course. But they were saying, you know, we eat meat, too. But how can you say that to take away the vegetables is ideal? And I, I just don't understand how just taking vegetables away is such a big leap and how people are so upset over this when the majority of America literally eats plastic and hormones as their food. Like, isn't that more important to address than eating a whole food, an animal food that we have eaten for thousands of years that you are are also eating. We have just taken away something that you eat. Meanwhile, there are all these people in America who literally live off of Pop-Tarts, bagels, and pasta, which are not real food. People live off of packaged, processed foods And no one's worried about their nutrient deficiencies. I'm sorry. This is just... (laughs) This is laughable. This is embarrassing. This is an embarrassment to America. But what else is new? Anyways, the reason I bring it up is because it was so funny to me that they were trying to point out that the girls, Ashley and Sarah, ate raw meat to make them seem crazy. And they don't even eat much raw meat. Meanwhile, I really prefer to have raw meat if I can. It's so easy on my digestion. I have a whole blog post about this, but I thought that was very interesting. So let me answer some of these questions quickly as we wrap up in the last few minutes. Okay, so I got so many questions from people asking me if I would do a what I eat in a day and I'll I'll definitely do some so you can see. It's not that exciting. It's literally animal products and I eat anywhere but like two and a half to four pounds of meat. Everyone's different. Some people, I I feel like most people eat two to three pounds or one and a half to two pounds for women, but I eat more and I feel better that way. So I will share what I eat in a day. I got probably 50 people asked me that what are the differences for between sapien and carnivore diet and what are the benefits so sapien diet is an animal based diet and carnivore is all animal products so a sapien diet would could be you know maybe two beef patties and then some sauteed mushrooms and not a quarter of an avocado. You know, so it's it's animal-based, but it's not full carnivore. I think the benefits of both, I think there are benefits to both. I think it's what works with your lifestyle and what does your body need. You know, if you, re- some people just react to all these vegetables and they need a lot of healing and might need to go carnivore. Other people, maybe they don't need that. And maybe they just seem to be animal-based. you're not reacting to all these vegetables, and you don't necessarily need to take them all out but sapien is just an emphasis on the animal foods and then you can use some you know maybe you want some kimchi or some sauerkraut maybe some mushrooms as a smaller side but it is an animal-based diet still just doesn't exclude all other foods so that's the difference between the two someone said do you intermittent fast now do you think young women should intermittent fast even if on carnivore. I think that if the woman doesn't have any hormonal imbalances and she's eating a carnivore diet, she should eat to satiety, eat when hungry, stop when full, and follow that. And if that means intermittent fasting, maybe it will. But if that means not, then maybe not. You know, there, there are plenty of people who... Feel better three meals a day, and I think I used to. But right now, I'm doing well, it's not true intermittent fasting because I have plenty of calories in the morning. They're just in the liquid form. I think some people consider it to be fasting when you have, let's say, bulletproof coffee, which isn't exactly what I have. But I do technically break my fast, and I don't know how I would feel if I didn't. Like if I just oh, had straight coffee or straight tea without adding any fat into that, I'm not sure how I would feel in my body. I think the problem is when women of reproductive age go too hard with the fasting and they're doing a 16-8 every day, never switching that up, never having any type of carb up, that's when the hormonal issues start to arise. I think having a fatty coffee, especially if you're adding in some collagen in the morning can help mitigate any negative effects from that, but everyone's body is different. But talking about just intermittent fasting, true intermittent fasting in general, it depends on your hormonal status, how is your period, and how is your stress in all aspects of your life. I think you have to follow your body, and if you start fasting on carnivore and notice any negative effects, any changes in your period that aren't ideal, then I would stop, for sure. I do think it's optimal if you're intermittent fasting to eat when you first get up and then eat maybe a late lunch and then fast through dinner. That is better for hormones in my opinion, but it's not always ideal for people's schedules. It's not ideal for my schedule. Otherwise, I would would do that. Someone said, can you have MCTs? Well, I can have whatever I want. On a traditional carnivore diet, you're not supposed to, but I have them because I'm on a Christina carnivore-ish diet. Someone asked, what do you think about this for women recovering their period? I think it depends why someone's period is missing. And I think it depends on someone's relationship and history with food. If someone is struggling with an eating disorder, I wouldn't recommend this. And if you have a history of an eating disorder, I would recommend working with a practitioner to make the best choices about your diet that you can with their guidance you know, if your period is missing because you've been low carb or ketogenic for too long, then I don't recommend this. If it's missing because you've undernourished your body and maybe you've been plant based or, you know, you haven't been getting all your nutrients and you're not eating enough, then I think it could be really helpful. There's plenty of people who have balanced with their hormones with this protocol, but for some people, it's not the right choice. So I think it depends why your period is missing in your your previous history uh, with food. Someone said, have you changed your view on carbs to get your period back? Are purple sweet potatoes yay or nay? (laughs) I mean, purple sweet potatoes are always a yay. Um, Have I changed my view on carbs to get your period back? It's the same answer. It depends on why it depends on why someone's period is missing because some people's period is missing just from being undernourished and they need more protein and fat in which case this is, could really help. I not everybody needs more carbs to get their periods back. It everybody is so different. And that's why it just comes to down to bioindividuality when I'm working with a client, I'm looking at their history and I'm figuring out what their body specifically needs. But, you know, if it's somebody who has already been on a low carbohydrate diet, a ketogenic diet, and that might be part of why their period is gone, then then this probably wouldn't be ideal. But if it's somebody who has a history of undernourishing themselves, is protein or fat deficient, then this this could help for sure. Um, so my no, my opinions on carbs for getting your period back haven't changed because I never have believed that every single person needs to increase their carb intake. I think for a lot of women, it can help because a lot of women are low carb and missing their periods. But there are plenty of women who are eating carbs and have their periods missing and increasing their carbs isn't necessarily going to help. So my views have not changed on that. It's a case by case situation. What benefits apply to those who don't have health issues outside of amenorrhea? So, what benefits apply to people who don't have health issues? Well, I mean, I really think it's a healing diet, but also, I mean, anyone could do it. I think a lot of the benefits are just with energy, mood, blood sugar regulation, satiation, simplicity, not having to think about food so much, brain function. I mean, if you're in ketosis, you're getting all the benefits of ketosis, but you're not necessarily in ketosis. If you're on this diet, I'm not in ketosis right now. I was at the beginning, but I'm eating too much protein right now for that. So it would be the same benefits as going into ketosis. If you have zero health issues and you, the thought of eating carnivore doesn't sound fun to you, then I would say don't do it. You know, like there's no need to. If you enjoy all of your foods and you don't have any health issues, but if you're somebody who has no health issues and you think this sounds so fun to try, then why not try it? You could cycle it in, you know, but people should focus on their health and focus on a way of eating that they enjoy. Do I think this is sustainable long-term for women? Yeah, it can be. Maybe not for every woman. I think, I mean, I'm a good example of I figured out right around my period, I, w- I want to have some carbs thrown in there. That works for me. But there are plenty of women who have done this for a long time, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. So it can be sustainable, but that doesn't mean it's going to be sustainable for every woman. It just depends on the person. But there are plenty of women who have done carnivore for a long time. Ambro Hearn, Kelly Hogan, they're great examples. There are so many women who have, who have done carnivore for a long time. It just depends on the person. Best way to start, just dive in. Just keep it simple. Stick with ground beef, ribeyes, chuck roast, buy fatty cuts of red meat, eat plenty of salt, drink water, eat until satiety, and yeah, stop when you're full, and just follow your hunger signals and take some time to even out like I was eating a lot more frequently at first and a lot more at first and and it's tapered off and my hunger is a little bit more regular now for me so yeah that's what I would say about starting and I would also recommend getting rid of any tempting foods in your fridge or kitchen if you really want to give it a full shot I think it's it's good to, you know, if you're going to do it, do it full out before you start adding things in. You know, for many people, this could just be a really great reset or elimination diet. It's not for everybody, but if you're interested in them, in it for that reason. Someone said, my SIBO ND doesn't like it. Not great for the microbiome. Bloating goes down equals no fiber. Yeah, so I mean, if you reduce your fiber intake, your bloating will go down. There are plenty of people who have digestive symptoms from too much fiber, and the role of fiber in gut health, I think, is widely misunderstood and something we are continuing to learn more and more about. And in a completely healthy body with no underlying dysbiosis or underlying health issues or no gut issues, then maybe adding in more fiber is beneficial for the microbiome. That person can handle that addition of fiber. But for people with dysbiosis or inflammation in the gut, a lot of studies have showed that reducing fiber actually improves their health and quality of life. And in terms of the microbiome, it was traditional thinking that we need the fiber to support that. But There are plenty of people now who are testing their guts before and after going on a carnivore diet, and their microbiome is just as healthy, if not healthier. I think it is really easy for practitioners, doctors, whoever, to respond to something new, to respond to a new idea or something they don't know much about with that's not safe because they would rather be safe than sorry. But if you're paying attention to the most recent research, it's very apparent that Fiber is not essential and for many people can actually make things worse. How is my cholesterol not off the charts? Because I'm not eating a high-fat, high-sugar, inflammatory diet. How does one not get sick of eating meat all the time? Because I love meat and I eat different cuts and different types of animal products and I add different textures between ground meat and steaks and pork rinds and beef suet and butter and ghee fat and muscle meat i have so many textures and flavors options are endless salmon roe nice little crunch so i don't i don't get bored i honestly got more bored on paleo because i was sick of the same vegetables if i'm being honest do you ever crave other foods that are not meat like veggies or your favorite cauliflower? Yeah. So if I have a craving, which is usually just right before my period for the carbs, I'll have that. And then every once in a while I have the craving for like bread or coconut butter or chocolate. It's very specific and it's always the same things that I crave. So I just have those and I don't crave cauliflower anymore. I definitely craved vegetables the first week when I went carnivore again this time. I, I was just dying to have cauliflower, but now I just crave meat usually. So that's nice. Do I think carnivore has helped lower inflammation from mold from from my old apartment? Yeah, for sure. It's played a huge role. I mean, I have made I mean, I'm like a different person in the last month and a half. And moving out was huge, but this diet has been huge as has some of my supplementation and the the energy healing, but it's night and day and pretty remarkable. And I really think this has played a huge role in my, my healing process. Do you worry you're not getting enough fiber to bind toxins or are you taking binders? I'm actually not taking binders anymore. I was, just as part of my mold protocol. But if I want to get toxins out of my body. I need to support my liver, open my detoxification pathways, support my body in that way, and keep my environmental toxic exposure low, keep my inflammation low, and make sure I am pooping. And bowel movements have been great on carnivore, so we're good there. But I mean, when I was eating vegetables, I needed binders So I don't really see how it it matters. Do I eat lots of organ meats too? How do I know if I'm getting enough protein and fat? Well, I'm definitely getting enough protein and fat because it's all I'm eating. Do I eat a lot of organ meats? Yeah, I love organ meats. I love all the organ meats. I love hearts. I love livers. I like brain. Those are the main ones I've had. But I'm open to any organ meat. In terms of if I, in terms of my protein to fat ratio, it took some time for me to figure out. I do best with, you know, I eat fatty cuts of meat and then I add a serving of fat. That's usually good enough. But I can just kind of tell what kind of hunger I feel. It's like a different kind of hunger for fat than it is for protein. When I want something rich and I'm hungry in that way, it's usually a fat craving. I need more fat. And if I'm low in energy, I need more fat. Protein is more of like my stomach doesn't feel full. So I need more protein in, in that way. But it definitely takes some toying with to find your right ratios. But I think a lot of people go too high in protein at the beginning and have issues. And you definitely want to go higher fat, at least at the beginning. And then you could, you know, reduce the fat intake. But I think especially with adaptation, going higher fat is very helpful. Is my boyfriend carnivore also? No, he's not. (laughs) But sometimes he eats carnivore with me. Dating on carnivore, your experience. It hasn't really been an issue. We don't always eat together, I guess. Like, I don't know. By the time we hang out, often we've both already eaten anyways. But when we eat out, I can usually get a meat option wherever we're at. If we're getting sushi or ribs, it's not a problem if... going to lazy acres is not a problem if cooking at home I could just make whatever I want and but I also am more lenient when I'm with him so when I'm with him you know if I have some vegetables it's not a big deal I just follow the same the same guidelines I explained before with eat with eating out and it seems to work and it just hasn't it hasn't really been an issue but I do think it would be hard to be dating someone initially while on a carnivore diet. Like if you're going on a first date and you're getting dinner, I would just go for sushi. That's what I was doing when I first was starting carnivore and I had all these dinner activities. I, I got sushi with everybody and just ate sashimi. It was expensive, but I made it happen. I mean, really, if it's a first date situation, you would probably just have to explain why you're eating the way you're eating and if they're not into it, then they're probably not the person for you anyways. But at restaurants, it's pretty easy to just get animal protein if that's what you want. You can just get a double serving of animal protein, go for the shrimp cocktail appetizer. There are lots of of ways to make it happen. It's never been an issue for me at a restaurant, but I'm not a perfectionist about it about the carnivore diet. I'm carnivore-ish, so works for me. Okay, and then the last thing I want to answer is a few people said, Are you still a big proponent of paleo too, or has that changed? And do you think most people should go carnivore? Yeah, I'm a huge proponent of paleo. I think everybody should spend time on a paleo diet. It's a whole foods based diet. You're just eating foods from the earth. And I think everybody should spend some time on that kind of diet to reset their hunger signals and. Help reduce inflammation, see what they tolerate, what they don't, just calm down their system. And then from there, adding things back in if you're feeling really great. Or if you're not, then maybe you need to refine your diet even more. I think nutrition is a really powerful healing tool, and it depends on the body, right? So some people, don't have major health issues that they that they need to adjust their diet for. Other people do have a lot of chronic issues, different symptoms, maybe a serious health condition, maybe an autoimmune disease, in which case you might need to adjust your diet some more while you're healing or even potentially long-term. Everybody's body is different. I'm a huge, huge proponent of paleo and I, I don't think everybody should be eating the same. Absolutely not. I've worked with way too many people to ever think that and anyone who's worked with me knows I don't, align myself with one way of eating, I really, I look at the person and see what I feel like would be best for them. I think some people do better on a low carbohydrate diet. Some people do better on a carnivore diet. Other people do better on a keto diet. Other people do better On a higher carb diet, some people do better on a lower animal protein diet. Other people do really well on a high animal protein diet. Some people do best without nightshades. Some people do best without fodmaps. Some people do best without nuts and seeds or cruciferous vegetables. It just depends on the person, and it's about figuring out what works best for that for that person and what they're going to enjoy eating, what's easiest for them mentally. Like for me, it's much easier for me to eat carnivore than it has been honestly to eat any other way because I I feel my best and it's so simple for me to think about I enjoy my food I love this way of eating and I I don't have to chop any vegetables or spend time cooking or roasting anything it saves me time but for someone else maybe they love doing that and they just love their vegetables so much and they wouldn't like this way of eating and if they don't need to eat this way then then why take things out if they don't need to you know So no, I don't think everybody should be eating the same way. I'm still a huge proponent of paleo, but I think some people need to go further with healing. And for me, regular paleo wasn't enough at the time to help me heal. And maybe I'll go back to that after I feel like I've spent enough time here. If my body signals me in that direction, who knows? Maybe I'll go back to freaking high carb, low fat someday. I don't know. I'm open to whatever life throws in my way. But right now, this is definitely what has made me feel the best and is really working for me right now. I don't think everybody needs to eat this way. I don't think it's a bad idea for people to try it out. Like if somebody wanted to try it out for even just five days, just for fun, like to see how it felt. I don't see any issue with that unless, unless you have, you know, an eating disorder or something else going on where this would be really contraindicated. But just for the average person, if they want to try it out, why not for a couple days if you're intrigued with it? But if, you, if you're if you not really that intrigued, you have no interest in trying it out and you don't have a medical or health reason to, then you don't need to. Nutrition is so individual. People are so different in what works for them. And we within our lives, we, we change and what we need changes. So this is what my body needs right now, but it might not be what it needs in two months or six months or a year or maybe it will be I don't know so I just have to listen to that and I think it's really interesting to share this experience and learn from people and see how they do things and I know a lot of people who listen to the podcast or maybe follow me on Instagram read my blog might also have some serious chronic health issues and they might have tried every other diet out there and not gotten the results they wanted so this could be something to research and see if this resonates with you and if it might be something that you might want to try out. I think for people who really need to heal, this can be an incredibly therapeutic diet, but it's not for everybody and I don't think everybody needs to eat the same way. I don't think everybody should eat the same way. I think we really need to honor our bodies and be open to what our bodies need changing and also just be very open and understanding to the fact that what's going to heal my body might look different than what's going to heal yours. So those are my thoughts. That's going to be it for today's episode. I hope you found this interesting. If you have any further questions about anything I discussed or just in general, please let me know. You can post about it in the Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. You can also submit it at christinaricewellness.com on the podcast page or send an email to podcast at christinaricewellness.com and i will definitely address any questions that come in so thank you for submitting those questions i really appreciate it and thanks for tuning in today i hope you enjoyed the update have an awesome rest of your day and i'll chat with you again next time goodbye